thank you for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And welcome to all of our new listeners. We had actually quite a few this past weekend. Because um, Fred and I got asked to go to a conference, which we were really excited about. Yes, yeah, it's the Virtual Catholic Conference, Women's Conference, which was on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, and from there, we noticed that there were several hundred new listeners. Yes, yes. Which we were shocked about. And we had in a single day, Kara, our best month ever. Yeah. So we still got the rest of the month to go. So it's it, it's exciting and seeing where everybody's coming from. So... Richmond, Virginia, Wakefield, Massachusetts, Columbus, Nebraska, Sugarland, Texas, mm. Santa Clara, California. Mm. That sounds like nicer weather than we're used to here in Iowa. But oh, it was not really positive. hot this morning, though. Yes, it <laughs> really was. Hot. Uh, Kansas, all kinds of places in, in Kansas. Olathe, Hayes, Lenexa, Mon- Monterey, Tennessee. Nice. Uh, New Jersey, and lots of listeners on Long Island. So nice. wherever you're from, all you new listeners, were just incredibly grateful that you've joined us. My husband, BJ, and I went to Olathe, Olathe, Kansas. That was one that you read, yeah? Because we like going to the Chiefs games, and we stayed there. Super nice community. It was really nice. welcoming. Like, they were all very, very nice. Awesome. So that's great. Um, I feel like that is actually worth saying because we have so many new listeners. Fred and I are not married. <laughs> A lot <Yeah>. of people <laughs> yeah. think that we are married, even yeah. on our website. BJ mm-hmm. told me, he's like, you know the picture makes you look like a couple. I was like, does <laughs> it really? I'm like that's standing funny. there holding a flashlight that nobody right. can actually see my hand. But Yeah, we cut the flashlight out. Yeah, we did. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's worth mentioning to, to the new listeners because we do share a lot of life together because our kids are really mm-hmm. intertwined and involved with each other. But yeah, Fred is married to Crystal and I am married to BJ. So if you Mm -hmm. hear those random names, um, those are our spouses. Right. Yes. But you are my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. So lives lives are very intertwined. So, Um, well, we want to kind of just really briefly start this episode with um, kind of some questions that we have gotten. We don't always do like get to know you uh, episodes. We usually try and keep them very faith-based and then you kind of get to know a little bit more about us within each episode because we share parts of our stories. Um, If you're interested in just strictly kind of getting to know us, uh, the episodes Why Are You Catholic are more specifically about our conversions and Mm -hmm. then Chit Chat and Banter is the episode that is strictly kind of questions that Mm -hmm. we had from listeners who, um, who wanted to ask us those and Vir- that's hosted by our friend. Yes. Uh, Virtuous Friendships is a good episode to get to know us. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Well. I think Chit Chat and Banter is good, too, because uh, for those that didn't go all the way back and listen, uh, that's kind of an inside joke that we have. Right. There was one time where Fred came up to me and he goes, <laughs> shit, you know I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> you know yeah. I have to. <laughs> he goes, uh, so should we do Chit Chat and Banter? Mm-hmm. I was like, mm. Fred, we it, was really much, it was much more awkward. It was very that. much more awkward. Yeah. I was like, mm, we don't really do that. <laughs> it was basically, you know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to open with chit chat and banter. Should we do chit chat and banter? Yeah. It was incredibly awkward. Yeah. But just like our friendship and kind of who we are, uh, we're INFJs, actually, both of us. So we don't really like chit chat and banter mm-hmm. and we're terrible at small talk, but we can dive deep into spiritual and theological matters any day. And mm-hmm. that's most of the car rides. Yes. So it's kind of an inside joke. Um, we're terrible at like doing chit chat and banter at the mm-hmm. beginning. We always just dive into episodes. So we had to have one episode that was titled chit chat and banter where that's really all it is, is getting to know us. Yeah. Um, but for the, for the purpose of this episode, we did want to have 
just kind of start with like some questions that we have gotten since we've started this. When did we start this? Two years ago? Um, officially, our website launched October 4th. It was kind of a But a we relaunch, had podcasts before that. Yeah, we yeah. did. Um, gosh, I don't know, Kara. It's been a while. I know. I don't even remember when we started. It's been maybe almost two years. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so since then, since starting and since having, you know, episodes where we share a little bit more specifically about our lives, we've had people ask certain questions. So we kind of wanted to take just this start of this episode and answer some of those. Um, so one that I, I've gotten, Fred hasn't gotten this about himself, but I've gotten this about Fred because uh, he has a very interesting conversion story uh, as a convert. and No pressure. Yeah. And... Um, and so I have gotten like, you know, Fred should share more about his conversion. He should share more about his, uh, about his being a convert. Because I think for a lot of Catholics who were brought up Catholic throughout their whole life, we always hear of people leaving. Uh, and we don't always get to meet the people who come into the church or hear, okay, what led you to the church? And so I think that's really interesting for people. So my question for you is... Um, from other people. My question mm-hmm. for you from other people <laughs> is uh, what was a little bit of your pre-conversion life like and mm-hmm. how did it lead you to truth? How did it lead me to truth? Wow. That's a big question. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, honestly, like growing up, there wasn't really a strong, and some of you heard me say it, there wasn't a strong Christian faith necessarily instilled. It was kind of con- confusing. When I think about the context of my more immediate conversion uh i think i was active in playing music it played in bands and uh there's probably a lifestyle that most people associate with playing in bands and use your imagination you're probably right Mm -hmm. um but even in the midst of that like feeling lost and honestly i was just trying to find my identity find who i was maybe even find someone that cared about me Mm -hmm. you know in some meaningful way and so I was kind of looking everywhere. So I remember even in the midst of of that life of making bad decisions, like trying to convince my friends, let's go to church. Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea what I was talking about. Right. But for some reason, I was always compelled to do that. I started with the Da Vinci Code for some weird reason. Um, I was in college working on a business degree, and we had to write a, a paper. And for whatever reason, I, d- I picked... analyzing the da vinci code Mm -hmm. as my paper which i have no idea why at the time i think it was god working as prevenient grace if you will but um dan brown makes a claim in that book that some of the things are historical fact so i went about to explore is that true is this true is that true and then you know i found myself reading the lost gospels so-called not realizing that those were actually gnostic heretical documents condemned by the church a long time ago, but that's beside the point. And then one day it hit me, why am I reading all these lost gospels when I haven't actually read the gospel? Mm -hmm. And then I started reading the Bible and it just made me that, that old urge to go to church. It just increased and, uh, found myself at church with my, uh, we were just engaged at the time with my now wife and heard the gospel for the first time. And it was literally an overnight transformation. It was a radical conversion, like Mm -hmm. cold turkey on many things. Um, And it's been an adventure ever since. Yeah. That's awesome. I like how I I add, 
share about your pre-conversion life and you don't <laughs> you don't, I don't you okay. don't share about I your did not answer the question life. okay maybe to <laughs> be okay. more specific that's okay <laughs> well okay um i think i don't know because i don't want i don't want us to have to like talk about sin but i feel like we talked about father stew's you know testimony mm-hmm. in the last episode mm-hmm. i feel like yours is very similar like it was that you know that language, that lifestyle, that environment. Oh, yeah, very much. Um, I feel like you don't always like to share like what your life was like before, but that is still a part of your story. And I mm-hmm. think when people ask, I want to hear more about his conversion, um, and I want to hear more about like who he is, that's what they're asking. Like like what has made you who you are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And some of those pre Christ stories do p- like play a role in that. Right. Kara, I, I, I'm trying to put all the pieces together, and I really feel like, but for the grace of God, that's the only thing I can find. Because I look back at moments where, at parties, I'm mm-hmm. passed out on the floor, mm-hmm. and yet you can still hear hear people over talk, you know, talking over you. And I remember one time in particular, somebody saying, "Is is he okay?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, that's Fred. He does that all the time." Mm-hmm. You know, that was just the norm. Right. You know. Uh, I was the life of the party, but also the guy that always went too far. Right. You know, and yet God saved me. Right. I think that personality still comes in to your like post-Christ life. Like you are just a zealous person. Right. Like if God tells you to do something, I mean, it wasn't God back then, but if God tells you to do something, like you're all in. Right. That's a good point, Kara. Uh, you're right. Because it is kind of like Paul in some ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not comparing myself to Paul, but I, th- I think there is a sense like, Paul was just as zealous as a Pharisee mm-hmm. as he was afterwards. Right. And so I think you're right. Like, oh, if if one is good for you, mm-hmm. 10 was good for me. That's kind of my approach. But I, maybe that's what it was. Maybe because when I had heard the gospel for the first time, it was very radical conversion and I was all in. I wanted everything. Mm-hmm. I wanted the whole truth. I wanted everything. Um. And I didn't want anything sugar-coated. Right. You know, I wanted, I, I did kind of bring in that same passion. And thanks be to God that he was able to take what the devil used for bad and turn it for good. And I think, yeah, right. That's a good point. So thank nice. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Helping as you, you connect dots. <laughs> as you psychologically analyze me for the whole world to hear. They're all getting to know you. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I believe it's my turn to ask a question. Okay. So... During the conference we did on gifts, I did a uh, one on leadership. You did one on helps. I did. Which is very complimentary to leadership. And you made a passing comment about everybody's important in the body of Christ and having their own gifts. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the pinky toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you said, even the pinky toe is important. I was a dancer. Believe me, the pinky toe was important. Yeah. Uh, and I use actually use that in my talk, too, because I, I made a passing comment about if you want to know why the pinky toe is important, <laughs> go check out Kara's talk. Nice. Um, so you mentioned being a dancer. Yeah. I don't know if our listeners know that about you, yeah. but you were you were like kind of a big deal, athlete of the <laughs> year and so on. And I know like you've done some choreography for my kids mm-hmm. and their friends. And like that's a symbol of pride for them. Like Kara did my choreography yeah, and they like brag about it. So maybe what did your life as a dancer teach you about your relationship with Christ or, yeah. or what has like, what have you drawn from that? You, yeah. you took an example of how my life 
something sinful was turned for good. Right. So maybe speak to that. Hmm. Yes. So um, I am a dancer or I was a dancer. I think if I still tried to do anything past marking a routine, I'd probably pull a a hamstring or break my hip or something. (laughs) Um, But I, well, I do still dance a little bit because me and my kids and BJ will have dance parties in the Mm -hmm. living room, but that's to the extent of it. Um, I started dancing when I was three and danced competitively until I graduated college. So that was until I was 22. So almost 20 years and then still do things with like choreography and studios and stuff. Um, Yeah. Most people don't really know that about me. Um, I think there's a certain environment with dance studios that it was very true for my experience. And it wasn't the studio in particular, um, cause I adored my instructors. I, I adored going to dance. Like it was one of my favorite things, but I think there's just this level of like mutual competition that just pushes people. Um, and I was not always the most gracious in those pushes, I think I really took it like if I wasn't on the next team up, I was like really mad or like super, um, super annoyed with the people who I was dancing with because I thought I was better than them or whatever. There was definitely that level of like pride and competitiveness that can creep in in the dance environment. uh, And I definitely had that. And I just feel like it wasn't even until I was in college. So the majority of dance was like that for me. And it wasn't until I was in college that it really changed. And because I kind of got this wake up call where like throughout high school, throughout like dance team for schools, like they would ask me, what did the choreographer say? And then I'd remember. And so it was like, oh, you know, they mm-hmm. they think like I remember and like there was pride and it was just mm-hmm. building up my pride or like you'd want to be in the front row if you're in the front row of a dance like, you know, that's that's a source of pride because you're like, oh, that means I'm the better dancer. And when I went to college, it was like this immediate wake up call. Like I was in the back because I was a freshman and Mm. there were so many more good dancers than me. And, you know, I I was like pulled in for like this turn or this jump and then shoved in the back again. And so I felt like it was like I had to kind of get my head on straight a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it probably wasn't even until later in college where like that really affected me. But honestly, my freshman year, it was like, there was one dancer and I know I've told you this story. Mm -hmm. There was one dancer and it always was that like, I got placed behind her and she was just the best dancer. Like you could see the joy that she had when she would dance and you could see like, it was all expressed in her whole body. It wasn't, and I never really, my studio didn't really do that. You just, you just danced, you just did the routine. Mm -hmm. And she had all of this, like just love for the art and, and expression in her whole body. And so I was like, I want to dance like her. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that really pushed me to not in a competitive or prideful way, but in just like an aspiring way. Like I want to be like that. It really pushed me to work way harder. And like, you know, I would, I would go an hour and a half before practice to go lift weights and stay like 30 minutes after to stretch. And I just like wanted to, wanted to be a better dancer because I saw her and I feel like if I'm going to make the tie to to um, the faith, which I'll share a little bit more because I have one more connection, I suppose, that I'm thinking of. But if I were to make the connection to, to faith, I feel like it's like Paul, like follow me as I follow Christ. And so I saw her dancing like I wanted to dance. It's like, I want to be like that. And so it just makes you like want to be better. And I feel like that's what Christ asks all of us to do. Like, 
be better, like live like a saint who lived like me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely see it in that. Um, but the other way I would probably say um, is really me- uh, the element of mentorship. Mm-hmm. The first person I ever mentored was nobody in the church. It was somebody who was on the dance team with me in college. And she came in and was really struggling with turns. And so we would stay after and like work on pirouettes and work on alcicone turns. And I would try and help her get them down. And I love, I love how we always talk about Paul and Timothy and we have an episode about it for people you need in your life, but it really felt like I never would have articulated it this way, but it really felt like, like I was Paul Mm-hmm. And she was Timothy. And by my senior year, she was up in the front with me doing turns. Nice. So she became Barnabas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it awesome. very much felt like that. And so I feel like um, I feel like that's probably why you mentioned um, uh, uh, my senior year. I got athlete of the year, female mm-hmm. athlete of the year in college. So dance is a sport. Dance is a sport. <laughs> and it was really humbling, actually, mm-hmm. um, because at that point I, I had realized like I was approaching this sport wrong for so many years of my life and it mm-hmm. needs to be one where where we're encouraging each other and building mm-hmm. each other up and i like to think that that's why they chose me because the the university i went to had 28 varsity sports oh wow and there were like 70 percent of the students were athletes mm-hmm. and so it was really an honor i felt like and i think that's what they saw they just um saw that I stayed after to help people or mm-hmm. saw that I was there to work out or whatever before practice. And so it was about that hard work and that mentoring. And I think that's what I take away into this this work in ministry is very much that like pour everything you have into this person. It doesn't matter if you're sacrificing something, like you are building them up for something better. Just like I was striving to be like that dancer, like maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's how they saw me, but I wanted to be there to help them and mm-hmm. like help them become what they were supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. So I feel like that's kind of what I try to take into the faith and into ministry is, you know, we, we want to walk with people. You and I both do. That's such a like right. an important part of our ministry. So we don't just want to like pop in and do something and then see you later yeah. like we want to build those relationships yeah. and help people even when we do talks we're typically staying around to answer questions yeah. and get questions after the fact we don't just pop in and leave mm-hmm. um and i saw that with the conference like mm-hmm. we were engaging with people and oh i love I, that, I, that I, was, I enjoyed it yeah, yeah. that was it so was, fun it was fun um as as you're talking about where you are and men work in dance and mentoring um, that person that needed help with their turns. I'm kind of connecting that with my my own life, what I started dis- describing. And, and you're right, I very rarely share <laughs> much from my pre-Christ days. You've heard a lot of the stories. Right. But um, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the story I told. Well, that's Fred. He does that all the time. You know, I think there was a lot of people in my life, they didn't know my story. They wrote me off gave up on me. I even I even remember my 12th grade government teacher going on a long tirade about what a terrible student I was in front mm. of the whole class, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think kind of connecting that with your story, I think as, as Christians, as Catholics, that's one thing we have to keep in mind, thinking about Paul as well. Like we can't write anybody off. Yeah, We can't judge them because we don't know what the Lord might have in store for them. And if we could just be that bridge 
to help them encounter the love of Christ, think what God could do with them. Yeah. We never know. You don't know why they're where they are. You don't know what they're going through. And you don't know what God will make of them. Yeah. And so you, you may even be feeling that way now listening. Maybe you feel like you're writing yourself off or somebody's writing you off, but you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> you know, right. there's, there's no end to the possibilities of what God's grace can do in and through you right. if you just open yourself up to that. And if we're willing to open ourselves up and be that bridge to others when they just need a hand, they just need someone to help them with their turns. Yeah. Um, that's all they need. Right. Yeah, I feel like, well, okay, so that's a little bit about us, but I feel like that's a good transition as to why we do what we do with Draw Near. Um, so we kind of want to share, like, that's really the the meat of this episode is we want to kind of reintroduce, like, why Draw Near? We have a very short trailer that uh, it's our very first episode where we talk a little bit about it, but honestly, I feel like, you know, two years in, we would articulate it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was uh, hanging out with a friend and he mentioned, you know, yeah, I was, I, he wanted to know like how the podcast was doing and everything. And he goes, yeah, I, I heard somebody was asking and they kind of said like, I don't understand why they have a podcast. <laughs> and I kind of found the question to be really funny. So I shared it right. with Fred. It's like, why do they have a podcast? <laughs> yeah. um, but I want to answer, I want to answer that question because right. it kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, in scripture, it's in, it's in Matthew 13 and they're like the disciples all the time in scripture question Jesus all the time. But it reminds me a little bit of when they asked him, like, why are you teaching in parables? I know that might not seem immediately connected. Why are you teaching in parables? Why do they have a podcast? Well, it, Jesus taught in parables because they lacked faith. It was almost like he wanted to veil the teaching for the people who lacked faith. And I feel like ours is opposite. It's for people who lack faith, which is us totally. Like it's Fred and Mm I, a hundred percent. There are days where I am 100% lacking in multiple areas where maybe yesterday I was a little bit better, but all of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, like we lack something in the Mm. spiritual life, but the difference between us and the Pharisees, you guys listening and the Pharisees is that like, you're coming to listen. You're seeking something out. You're Mm -hmm. not shutting the door. And so we're not going to veil the teaching. Right. We want to open that up and help people exactly like what you said, Fred, help people not write anybody off, open the door for people to grow in holiness and, and, you know, grow closer to God. And so I, I think like simply put, Fred asked me once, like, what is our why? Why are we doing this? And I think the simplest answer is to help people get to heaven Right. And to help people become saints because mm-hmm. like, who's the best person to help you out of darkness or when you are lacking faith, it's not the person who's standing on the other end of the room in the middle of the doorway going over here, this way, this mm-hmm. way. It's the person who's holding your hand and who's walking out of the darkness with you. So like we lack faith. We're not going to, we're not going to get right. on here and pretend like we're perfect mm-hmm. ever. We will never do that. Like we are right there with you but we're all trying to grow in holiness and get to heaven. And that's ultimately like, that's, that's our why. Like we want to help people get to heaven, including ourselves. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty wild thing, Kara, that we get to serve the God who is love. Mm -hmm. We get to do the thing we love the most with those we love the most, Right. you know, which our family, obviously we're good friends and we get to do this together Yeah. and we get to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
But in that process, we want to be authentic. We want to be real. And that's why we never shy away from actually talking about our struggles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and because we, we just want to be authentic. We want to be real. We want to do what G.K. I think it was G.K. Ch- Chesterton. It might have been Frank Sheed. I can't remember. It was okay. one of those two old British guys. Such a uh, Catholic thing to do. <laughs> I once heard yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It was one of those two guys. Um, teach yourself what the truth adhering. Meaning like how is Christ incarnate in you? And that's what we try to talk about. That's why we we talk about the faith, but we do it like in a real, like we're, we're calling each other to greatness. Mm-hmm. And Kara, one of the things I've enjoyed the most, the feedback we get most often about our podcast is we feel like we're sitting down and having coffee with you mm-hmm. and just having a conversation. Yeah. I love that. I do too. Even if we're not chit-chatty and bantery. Right, right. right. I love that so much because that has been our goal from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's the essence of our friendship too, mm-hmm. but I think it's also been our goal from the beginning. Yeah. And I think with that too, like I'm going to make Fred read something, which I don't know if he's prepared to read, but he's going to because we've never shared it on here. <laughs> I think with that, um, really, why draw near? Why are we doing this podcast? And even the bigger stuff that we are hoping to continue growing, not just in, in podcast, but in the whole ministry, is really to help raise up missionary disciples. It's really to help raise up people who are Uh, disciples means students means followers of christ people who are walking in the footsteps of the rabbi in the footsteps of jesus living as a disciple but a missionary disciple where we're prepared to go out and we're prepared to follow christ unapologetically with love of course but where we are not shying away from the truth and we want to live that out radically in our life so um, i'm gonna have fred share we've never shared this before but he um it's one of his charisms, but he received this word from the Lord because it's not Fred and I like, we're going to help make you saints. Now we're sinners with you. God's going to help make us saints. Right. And so it's God's word. And so would you share that word with our listeners, Fred? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say just a little context. This was during a time during 2020 when the world was shut down. Um, and Kara and I were trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're just really unsure uh, we didn't know what to expect. Every, like everybody, we felt kind of lonely, even though we're both INFJs. Got, you know, INFJs are, are funny because they're people people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're you know. we're our own people people, but we need some other people people right, sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just during a um, a really a time when I really needed to to spend time in in prayer and um and I needed some hope. And then the Lord gave me this in prayer, and I wrote it in a journal. Um, I gradually shared it with Kara. So here's what I wrote. I see a movement. I see a group of believers so passionate, so committed, seeking so fully Christ above all things, choosing death before sin, no matter the cost, committed to radical holiness. Their very presence is a contradiction to the world. They bring the joy and the light of the gospel to the world. And the darker the world gets the brighter their light shines. Greater opposition only brings greater grace. Their devotion, their holiness, is so deep that it shows on their face. Others are drawn to them, drawn into the kingdom. They bring comfort to the hurting and healing to the sick of mind, body, and spirit. Their very presence is filled with such a grace that it feels like a safe haven for others. 
They live every moment of their lives, mindful to offer up every suffering as a sacrifice for souls. They embrace every moment of the day as the prayer that it is. They offer up every work. They are filled with a joy that others long for. And the more the world opposes them, the more joyful, the more committed, the more aware of God's grace they become. They live for one thing only, proclaiming his name in word, in thought, and in deed. And on the, on the website, we actually articulate this a little more, applying it to what we're after, Kara. It, it says, we have seen this in our work with young people who give us so much hope. In many ways, this lies at the foundation of Draw Near. We want to do whatever our small part is in helping others to be set ablaze with the love of God. We want to help others become strong towers and safe havens for the lost and hurting in the world around us. We hope that this blog, our podcast, and all the many things that we have prayerfully discerned and planned, which we'll talk about later, will help you as you draw near to Christ and draw near to one another. Yeah, so a lot within there, I think, uh, relates to what our vision and what our goal is, and that's why it's on our it's on our website, drawnear.me, um, in the about section, because it is very much what we are about and why we do what we do. Um, they're very, I love their very presence is a contradiction contradiction to the world. They bring joy and light of the gospel to the world. So it very much is like we are called to be Christ in the world, even in a world that is not reflecting who Christ is or who he calls us to be. So like, like I said, like it talks about what is it? They're, they're, they're light. They bring light to the world. So I like that. Cause I said like, who's the best person to call you out of the darkness? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're all trying to reach the light and to be that light for other people so that we can bring others with us. So it isn't just, you know, you know, Fred and Kara are going to talk every other week on a podcast, but how is what we share? How can you bring that out to other people? Or how can you apply it to your own life? Mm -hmm. Like we always try and make it at least somewhat spiritually applicable for you. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what is, how does this relate to my life and what is God calling me to? Um, for many people, I suppose who have listened, like you kind of know Francis and Claire have been a huge part of like kind of what we, what we really are striving to do. And Francis, he had, uh, he had this, you know, conversation with Christ on the cross at San Damiano where he says, go and rebuild my church. And, uh, a a lot of people say like what he did next, he just like picked up a brick and started rebuilding this rundown Mm -hmm. church of San Damiano. They're like, oh, he didn't really understand what, what Christ was asking him to do. Go rebuild my church. He's like, okay, I'm going to do this one. But really, I think he did. Um, he just knew like he was not in a place where he could go rebuild the universal church. So he's like, I'm going to start where I am. Mm -hmm. And Fred always, always associates this with people. He says, each person is a living stone in rebuilding the church. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Like he took it to a place of like a physical stone, knowing that it still meant the living stones of, of the church. And it says in first Peter chapter two, it says, uh, so put away all malice and all guile and insecurity and envy and all slander. Like newborn babes long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. For you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Come to him, to that living stone, talking about Christ. Come to him, to that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. 
and like living stones, be yourself built into a spiritual house. So Christ is that living stone, but we also are those living stones. And we have to be rebuilt and we have to be willing to go out and rebuild the church. How on earth does a podcast help us <laughs> help us do that? But that is really what we're after. Mm-hmm. And so I mean our our core values in in this, but also in like this this wider vision and the wider ministry that we do together is really a relationship with Christ a relationship with each other and in community and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That is, it's so integral and we try and, and encourage that in all that we're doing. Even as simple as like, okay, we're not talking about the Holy Spirit, but we're going to pray before we do this mm-hmm. and we're going to let the Holy Spirit guide whatever conversation, whatever topic we're supposed to talk about. So it kind of transitions a little bit into um, talking about charisms and we talked about how we got to do this this conference where we um, where we teach people about charisms and about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it really kind of gets at like why are we taking up this topic again? Um, why draw near? Because it was our very first one. Fred, mm-hmm. do you want to touch on that? Yeah, it's a funny story. So after okay. spending a weekend talking to people who are doubting their gifts because they might be introverted or they feel like, oh, that's not me. Oh no, I couldn't do that. Uh, and telling them how God can do great things for, through them, if only they would say yes. And you know, and earlier, I think I even said that in the, at the beginning of this episode, um, what great things God can do for you. I realized um, I've done the same thing over the course of this podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. So our first twenty episodes, which um, many of you may or may not have listened to at this point. Um, you see this a lot in those episodes. We, we call that season one mm-hmm. as when we were kind of learning. But the very first episode we did, the very first lines out of Kara's mouth from what I remember are, Fred asked me to get on here and talk about. <laughs> what you did. Yeah, and I did. And it, it's just like looking back on it, it's funny, you know, um, funny in the sense that, wow, uh, I was kind of a doubting a wuss wussy <laughs> jerk you know and no i wouldn't say jerk i think you i i think it's ironic because like what draw near is is inherently us right and then you're like care go do the intro the yeah, go do the right, trailer by right. yourself and it's funny because you go back you listen to those first 20 episodes like sometimes it would even be like five minutes of kara mm-hmm. And then you also told me to do that, though. You're right. like, your voice sounds better over the intro music. You do I still all the think intro. That's, that's true. That's still true. <laughs> um, but but you'll notice I come in pretty much right away. Yeah, I know. But it was it'd be like five minutes of Kara and then, oh, some other guy's here. Oh, Fred's here, you know. Um, and it's just kind of funny um, looking back over that. So anyways, to your point, Kara, and to what I was trying to. Uh, say to everybody, and in the spirit of draw near, mm-hmm. um, I'm confessing my own need to allow the Lord to use the gifts that He's uh, given me, and to do this right. This why do we do draw near? Our friendship is at the heart of it. Right. Let's do it together. So we have this particular habit of being terrible at naming things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to confess more shortcomings to the world is that okay Karen? i'm fine with that they'll probably see it in our titles for the shows half right. the time we're texting like what about this what about this and we're like yeah. well it sure tells them what it is <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's as good as it's gonna get i feel like sometimes we spend more time on the titles than we do 
on the editing is this yeah. true you would know better know, maybe i mean it takes <laughs> us longer to like affirm yeah let's call it that right yeah is this what we're stuck with yes um yeah so it was kind of like this when we began to feel called to do this uh podcast to do this work we struggled with names mm-hmm. and some of them were pretty darn awful awful yeah and i hate alliterations Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were alliterations for some reason. From you, you from the, me. you suggested those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll throw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, which which was odd. Uh, so we we really struggled with the naming of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you happened upon some scriptures, and that's really kind of where it began. Yeah, I think uh, my mentality was, well, if we can't do it, God will do it. Let me just like flip through the Bible quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but. A lot of people associate the the draw near with James 4, and it talks about, um, I might butcher this, but draw near to Christ and he will draw near to you, um, James 4, 8. But that's actually not where it came from. Um, I think the gospel reading for the day that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to look in scripture, was uh, Luke 25. And it's the road to Emmaus. And in that passage, it just says, and Jesus drew near to them. And it's before they recognize, obviously, that it's Jesus. But there are two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus and just says, and Jesus drew near to them. And I just like, my eyes just like hung on those those words. Drew near. Mm-hmm. Drew near. And um, and then as I kept reading in that passage, if you're familiar with it, you know, he, he opens up scriptures for them. He reveals himself throughout the scriptures to them. They still don't recognize him. But he, he like... He's like, well, okay, they're they're turning off and going home. And he's like, well, I'm going to keep going. I mean, he had just risen from the dead. Like, where? what were mm-hmm. his plans? Where was he going? But I think he just was, like, drawing away so that they desired to be closer to him. So then they're like, no, come, come stay with us. And they invite him into their home. And he goes with them. And he goes to their home. And they end up breaking bread, Eucharistic imagery, for sure, and breaking bread. And, uh, and then their eyes are open. And so a lot of it was like, this is... Like, this is what we want. We want to talk about sacraments. We want to talk about prayer. We want to open up scripture and we want people to recognize Christ. And so I just emailed Fred and I was like, what about draw near? And he's like, love it. So <laughs> that became the name. Yeah. <laughs> but that's really like how the name came about mm-hmm. and and what the intention is behind those very two simple words. Yeah, because it really is, again, at the heart of everything we, we've said is draw near together right as friends right. and draw near to christ as friends right. you know right. and let's do that together so that's really kind of how it all began huh yeah it is so um we wanted to share that with new listeners but also kind of just re-articulate it with our old listeners because there's so much that we want to be able to to accomplish and we want to be able to move forward with this and so we we do want to give you just this like insight into where we hope to go mm-hmm. with John Near, because right now it's it's a website and it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. But we want so much more because like we said, like we want to build that relationship with you. We want to get to know you. Mm-hmm. And so we want to share kind of those ways that we are hoping to do that um, and what's coming. Fred, do you want to share some of that? Yeah, I can. And first to our patrons, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much because you're, you're helping to make this possible, mm-hmm. first of all. Uh, secondly, you may recall, we promised a book study. Mm -hmm. We have not forgotten. Yes, we haven't forgotten. We have not forgotten. Uh, we both got COVID and then I had a life uh, (laughs) baby baby came. (laughs) And so 
we are almost there. I promise. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there soon. But, but that is on the list of it, things it is, that we hope to see yeah. is book studies with patrons. Right. Uh, more importantly and more concretely, where where do we want to get to? Uh, we want to get to monthly newsletter mm-hmm. for our patrons, uh, just sharing a little more of life with you. Uh, we want to get to a place where we can offer weekly reflections on the Sunday readings, and we want to do study guides with those mm-hmm. so that if you have a small group, maybe you're just a moms and tots group. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just moms who want adult conversation, right. but you also want to study 15 minutes right. on the readings. We want to be able to provide that for you as well. Or you're guys that like cars yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you want some spiritual element there. We're really big advocates of small group ministry because it, it, again, gets at the heart of that accompaniment and walking with people. But a lot of people find it intimidating. They're like, well, I don't know enough about the faith or I don't I don't know how to lead a group. So, yeah, we want to get to that place mm. where we can do reflections on what's coming up in mass and then give you guys like a study guide or discussion questions to, to mm-hmm. do that with a group of people. Right. And in our own particular unique way. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so which we've already outlined. So also we want to get the podcast to weekly mm-hmm. rather than biweekly. Yeah. Weekly and video. And video. And we would yes. love for it to be video. Yeah. We're, we're wanting to move transition to a video based podcast and, and offer some, maybe we do not just, shorties Mm -hmm. but video based like youtube segments or something that are like informative yeah yep uh patron spotlights oh i'm excited about this one i i have never heard like other people do this Mm -hmm. so patron spotlights would basically be we would invite patrons on to draw near Mm -hmm. and get to know like you guys could ask us us questions but we also like want to you to share your life with us and Mm -hmm. our listeners yeah yeah I'm actually really looking forward to that. I think that'd be so cool. I think that'd be exciting. Yeah. Um, We're also wanting to get to a place where we can at at least maybe do one, like a Facebook Live or something Mm -hmm. like that once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, Kara, I would love for this to be our end of the year goal. I know that's ambitious, (laughs) but um, there's a lot of things that need to happen for us to get to that place. Obviously, patron support helps to make that happen. Yeah. Right now, we're, we're grateful for our patrons that is basically paying our subscription fees yep. for our website and for the podcast. That's so you all are the producers of the show. Right. And none of it comes back to Fred and I as like pocketing. That was never right. an intention. Right. We want to give it back to you. Yeah. Only for growth. Yeah. So, um, obviously for, in order for us to get to this place where we've just described and where we want to go, mm-hmm. we need more patrons. Yeah. Um, we're terrible at asking. Terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. But if God yeah. if God wants to bless it, he will empower you. Maybe right. you have the charism of giving. <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, obviously we can't get there without support. Yeah. Um, if that's not an option, just praying for us and liking, sharing, leaving us a review, all those things, visiting our website every once in a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all those things help us too yeah we do patron shout outs so for any new patron we give your name a shout out on our next episode so yeah something to look forward to too yeah yeah well we thank you uh we thank all of you all of the listeners um all of our patrons anyone who has just joined us and anyone who has you know shared shared this mission and shared the love of christ we really appreciate you and 
we are doing this um, because we feel the Lord has called us to it, but we're doing it for you. Um, we really want to help people grow closer to Christ and get to heaven. So thank you so much, and we hope you enjoy Draw Near.